some of you guys are freaking out today. And I just feel like this is a little tangent. I need to sit on here for just a second. You don't know what you're doing, but you're called to go. There's a new opportunity that's open up and you're freaking out and you don't know how or what to do, but God is saying, go. Guess what? Just like he told me all those years ago, I've prepared you for it and you just need to watch me because I know the way. And if I know the way and you're following me, you're going to be right on track. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it is your girl. A little frazzled today. I'm a little frazzled over here. What is my problem? Oh, my goodness. It's your girl. We are going to do this. We are going to have an awesome day today. Um, I've got a little refresher word for you today after the break that, you know what? My team said, you need to do this again. This is, this needs to be heard right now. And so I said, you know what? We're going to do it again. That's what we're going to do. This is uh, some content that I have shared before. It's actually in one of my books, but um, my team said, Autumn, you got to do it again. We need, the world needs it right now. And I said, you know what? I'm going to listen. And that's, growth. You know, guys, we're never, we're never too old to grow. I'm growing over here. Welcome to the Autumn Mile Show. I am so, so glad that you are with us today. Thank you to all of those of you that are downloading. It's blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind to see, you know, these numbers come through and stuff. It just, it's amazing. I was actually at a It was a service. It was a church service, but it was a a large gathering. And um, someone said, do you know how much the seats? And and they told me how much it seats. And I looked around and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's how many people download our podcast every week. And it just kind of blew my mind because there was a visual. It was like God was like, I'm going to bless you. So thank you. Thank you for trusting us with the word and for trusting us and for being our friends. I'm your blonde BFF over here. I love you guys so much. So we are about to move into probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. I do believe it's one of the most misunderstood books in the Bible. You want, you guys, this is our in-between series. You're gonna want to hear and see this series. We are going to do, starting next week, an entire series on the book of Job. I love Job. I've studied his life for years because, like, there's so many little things in his life that are super relatable to us and to what we go through and to what we deal with. But um, I'm going to start a series, and, you know, it's going to kick off the fall. Because my kids are going to school tomorrow, and it's going to be awesome. So last year we did Wilderness, and this year we're going to do Job. And I am just praying that God uses this for his glory. And, you know, we know he will, right? We know he will. Yes. Yes, he will. Um, What is happening in my life? Well, guys, tomorrow is back to school, okay? Back to school 
could not come at a better time over here. Uh, we are super, all of us are busy. You know, every one of us have our own thing. And that's the way I, the way I love it. I love that every single person in our family has like a passion that they do. But when they do them all at the same time, it's overwhelming. And I felt like this summer was us all doing everything that we love all at the same time. So it was super hectic because the kids were out of school, but yet their activities did not decrease. It felt like they increased. It was crazy over here, crazy. So they're going back to school. I will have a senior, a senior, but the Lord has told me, enjoy it. And so I'm enjoying every moment. I have lots of time to grieve when she's gone. I have lots of time. I'm going to enjoy every second of her senior year. I'm not going to wish it away and wish she was not so old and leaving me. I am going to enjoy it. So that is crazy for us. My son will be a sophomore. Can you even believe Jude is going to be a sophomore? My little baby boy, a sophomore. Um, he's playing on varsity football, which is, I had to pray my way through the first scrimmage, guys. It was, it was scary, <laughs> but he's doing great. Moses will be in the third grade and Haven will be in the third grade as well. And we're super proud of all four of them, but school is starting. I absolutely detest, and I don't use the word hate very much, but I will say I hate um, shopping for school supplies. I can't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I have so many kids. I don't really know, but the things that are on these school supply lists, like boggle my mind. It's the one thing that you need, but the entire store didn't buy that version of what you need. I don't know how, maybe it's just me that this happens to, I don't know, but it's like number two pencils, but they have to be a certain like grade or shade or it's like a pack of 18 number two pencils and the store only has 12 number two pencils. And you're like, I don't understand. I will say my sister is a teacher and so it is important to buy school supplies, but me buying them, it's just not a thing. Okay. I do it, but I don't have a good attitude when I do it because I can never find the right school supplies. And it's like, you know, seven yellow folders. Well, Target or Walmart or wherever you're going only has three yellow folders. So your whole day is ruined because they only have three, but you need seven. What are they doing with all of those seven folders? I don't know what they're doing, but it, they're important because we need seven of them. So then you have to get in your car and drive to another store for the four yellow folders that the other store didn't have. Do you know what I'm saying, guys? It's stressful. And to do that four times, you know what? Actually, Grace and Jude this year, I was like, you know what? What do you need? Pencils and paper. Great. That's it. We didn't do the whole, you know, shopping for a trapper keeper. That's what I used to take to school. A trapper keeper. They were awesome. They had unicorns on them and sunshine and it was wonderful. But today they don't do trapper keepers because I don't know. They're, I don't know. Why don't they? They should. What happened? Do they make them? I don't know. I haven't looked at them in a while. Anyway, but this year something wonderful happened with the school supply thing. I've been a mom for a long time. So I have gone through, mm, Grace is a senior. So 
I've gone through school, however, all the grades. I've gone through all the grades now. Every single one of the grades I've been through. Um, and Jude is about to, he'll be a senior in two years. So I'll do it twice. And then the babies will come up at the same time. But our school did, has done, started doing something amazing. And it is where I think the PTA or someone that has got their stuff together, you can order all the school supplies on this website. And then when you show up to meet the teacher, which we went to last week, they're magically in the room already purchased, shipped in the class. You don't even have to carry them in. Okay. And that's what happened. We went to meet the teacher guys and we um, walked in and there was um, one box for Moses and one box for Haven. Cause like I told you, my older kids are on their own. They're way too old. They can buy their own trapper keepers. We'll give them the money, but you know what I mean? Pick out their own stuff. And it was wonderful. And I almost cried a little bit because I detest shopping for school supplies so much that someone did it for me and I just paid them and it was awesome. So if your school do, does that and this after this uh, weekend on Saturday, I walked by um, the school section in Target and all these people were fighting for like, you know, the tiny two inch scissors. <laughs> that are blue and no one could find them but they're but you have to have them because that's what the teacher needs and I thought you know what I'm so thankful for whoever put all of the school list together and did this like click the link and buy your kids school supplies right here and they'll show up in your classroom I have never been more thankful to that person in my entire life so god bless him or her or whoever it is out there god bless the PTA people we, you know, we love them. God bless everyone out there that made my life easier when it comes to school supplies. So there's a hearty thank you for you. Anyways, after the break, we're going to talk about an oldie, but a goodie. Um, it is in I am Rahab. And the reason that we're going to do this one is because Rahab is five years old this week. You guys, the book is five. I cannot even believe this book is five years old this week. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, go get you a copy. You can find it anywhere. Barnes, Noble, Amazon. You can get it on my website. But a nod to my girl Rahab. We're going to talk about her. And don't forget to come back next week because we're going to talk all about Job. Right after the break, we'll jump in on this. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God, with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the Biblical Harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, 
go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back from the break, and I've got a word that I love, and I'm super, super grateful uh, for my team to, for pulling this out. We're celebrating five years with I Am Rahab, and as a nod to I Am Rahab, we're going to do one of, I think, everyone's favorite chapter in that book. It's the one that we hear about all the time, okay? We're going to talk about walking into the new today. We're walking straight into the new. We're walking into a new season with school. Kids are going back to school. My family and I have gone through so many different changes and transitions. We're walking into a new season. My husband just took a new job. I'm doing, I'm actually gained another job. Grace is a senior. So that's a whole new season for us. Jude is on varsity this year, football, so that's a whole new season. And my kids are out of elementary school, so that's a whole new season. So your girl over here is faced with like, you know, 50 million new seasons. And it's so important that when you are walking into a new season, that you handle the old season. Okay, that you prepare for the new season by handling what is in the old season. Okay, I went through a period of time several years back and I had just prayed for so long. Lord, just give me opportunities and I'll say yes. And all of this stuff, I had just prayed for so I'd prayed for new. I would prayed for opportunity. And then it's like it came out of nowhere. It's like it came overnight. My goodness, my email was blowing up. There was like all this fresh new, all of this stuff, all these people wanted me to do all these things. Can you come here and speak? Can you be on the show? And here I prayed for 10 years about all of this stuff. And it was, it didn't happen overnight. That's when people are like, it was an overnight success. No there is no, never an overnight success. Okay. People that are overnight successes have literally been preparing for like a decade. And that was me. I was laying this foundation of prayer. God, use me, use my story for your glory. And all of a sudden, like a light switch, everything started to open. The gates of heaven started opening for me. And I remember being terrified, like super terrified, because at that point I had gotten used to the wait. I'd gotten used to praying for God to do something big, but I was not used to talking to editors and like radio show people and, uh, you know, producers and all that kind of stuff. I was not used to any of that. I was comfortable in the wait. And sometimes you get comfortable on the way. And that's when you know that God's about to do something new. Okay. I remember during that time, I used to say this saying all the time, when opportunity knocks, it's too late to prepare. When you're walking into a new season, when God is opening doors and saying, this is the way, walk into this. This is what I prepared for you for the last five years. This is your open door. Walk into this. It is too late to prepare. 
when you get an opportunity to walk into something, you have got to then trust and believe that God has prepared you and equipped you for whatever you need, even in your weakness, to walk through that door. God does his part, but also we have to do our part. I'm going to get to that in just a second. I love this passage of scripture. Now, this is Joshua. We're picking it up. You guys are very familiar with Joshua. If you have listened to my podcast at all, Joshua had already sent the spies in to see Rahab. They've already talked to Rahab and um, the intelligence has come back from these two spies. And they've said, listen, we need to go in. We need to take Jericho. It is our time. It is our opportunity. They're scared of us. It's time for us to go in. And Joshua was like, okay, here we go. So in Joshua 3.1, we see him kind of rallying the nation of Israel. And I love, I love the wisdom in this passage of scripture for those of you that are stepping into something new. Joshua 3 says this, then Joshua rose early in the morning. This is directly after he got the intelligence from the two spies. And he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan. So they're up, Adam, walking to the Jordan. And they lodged there before the right in front of the Jordan before they crossed. They stopped. They paused. At the end of three days, so they're there for three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp and they commanded the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant, when you see the very presence of God, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, you shall set out from your place and go after it. During that season of my life when I was, there was like, you know, opportunities everywhere and people were calling and, you know, all of these emails and all this kind of thing. It was, it was like an explosion of opportunity. And God would say, it's too late to prepare, Autumn. This is your moment. Step into this. I've been preparing you for it. Just because you don't feel prepared doesn't mean that I have not, through trials, through tests, through other things that you have endured over the last few years, it does not mean that I, in my love, have not prepared you for it. What did the officer say? When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, set out and go after it. Those of you that are facing something and you're like freaking out right now because you're like, I don't know what to say to these people. This is totally new. I'm uncomfortable. I was just talking to my daughter last night and she's facing a couple of new opportunities and she's just like, but I'm just so settled where I'm at. And I'm like, that's the problem. You're too comfortable where you're at. God doesn't want us to be comfortable. He wants us to grow our faith, to grow our dependence on him. My kid, I preach to my kids all the time. He wants you to set out, go after it, go after this opportunity. If you don't go after this opportunity, you don't know what you are going to be keeping from you. You could be hindering the very blessing of God because you don't go after something because it scares you. The officer said, go after it. Go right after it. Verse four says, however, there shall be between you 
and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Don't come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. This is a message to us all, not just to Israel. These officers are preaching to us today. Follow the Ark of the Covenant so that you will know which way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Follow the Ark of the Covenant. Follow it so you can know which way to go because you haven't passed this way before. Lord, what do I do? There's this opportunity. It's brand new. It's too late to prepare autumn. I've prepared you for it. What you do is you set your side on me because I know the way. And if I know the way and you're following me, you know the way too. Set your sight on it so that you'll know by which you shall go for you haven't been this way before. Some of you guys are freaking out today. And I just feel like this little tangent I need to sit on here for just a second. You don't know what you're doing, but you're called to go. There's a new opportunity that's open up and you're freaking out and you don't know how or what to do, but God is saying go. Guess what? Just like he told me all those years ago, I've prepared you for it. And you just need to watch me because I know the way. And if I know the way and you're following me, you're going to be right on track. You've not been this way before. So what did they do? They get up. They get all their little people, all their little buckets, their little trash cans, you know, all the things. And they begin the process of crossing the Jordan. Now, it's a beautiful story. You can read it for yourself. It's absolutely wonderful. One of the things that they do, though, is they place memorial stones in the middle of the Jordan so that as they're crossing along, they actually go back and they put these huge uh, memory stones. Let me read it. Joshua 4 verse 2. Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them saying, take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called 12 men who he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you should take a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you so that your children ask later saying, what did these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Here we have them going after this great opportunity. It's time to go. Okay, we're going. This is new. We've not been this way before. 
We've not done any of these things before, but you know what? We're walking into this new season. God had prepared the way for them to walk into this new season, okay? But one of the things that he wanted them to do was remember his power. So they go and they pick up these stones from the middle of the Jordan and they put them as a memorial lest they forget how powerful God is. And I think this is actually really important in a place where I want to sit. Because when opportunity knocks, God has prepared you for the opportunity. But have you taken care of what's gone on in your life previous to this new season and handled it? And have you set up a memorial stone so that you can look back in your life and say, you know what? I've handled that hurt and I remember how God healed me. I've handled that hurt and I remember the power of God that came into my life and delivered me from that. Have you done a memorial stone ceremony, your own self, so as you're walking into the new, you can turn back and you can remember these mental memory stones of how God has come through for you, about how he's healed you, about how he's taking care of an obstacle for you. Do you have mental memory stones that you can look back on and say, I am going into this new season completely free from my past. And I remember when God touched my mind and healed me. I remember the process that the Lord took me through to bring me out of that depression. I remember the word of God I memorized in order to heal me from the abuse that I went through as a kid. Can you say that you can look back on your life and say, I've handled it. I've dealt with it. Because while God has prepared you and equipped you for this new season, I believe we should be preparing by healing for new seasons in our life all the time. When the Israel went into um, and marched into Canaan, what God said was, I want you to destroy everything. Okay. I'm going to get to the passage of scripture because when they're walking into the new season, they had an objective. It wasn't to go in and to sit down and have coffee with the people in Jericho. It wasn't to go in and, you know, high five AI and be like, hello, let's hang out. What's up? God wanted Israel to go in and to destroy Jericho AI and the surrounding cities so that they could walk in and fully possess the promised land that he was giving him. He wanted them to do the work of dispossession. And I want you to do the work of dispossessing Jericho's and AI's and all the other cities and giants that you have in your mind so that you can sit in the promised land and actually in this new season that scares you that you've never dealt with before, that you've you've not been this way before and fully rely on the power of God and have a memory stone to look back and say, God came through in this area rather than 
fight the stronghold of your mental Jericho. Let me ask you this. Have you done the work of dispossession in your mind? Joshua 5.1 and Joshua 2.10 tells us that not only was the people of Jericho terrified of Israel, the kings were. Every king in the promised land was terrified when Israel actually began crossing the Jordan because they knew what they were coming for. They knew that they were coming for them. They knew that they were coming to fight, to dispossess every single city that was in the place of their inheritance. I want to make this point as you head into, you've never been here before, you're in a new season, go after it, follow. I love the fact that Joshua 5.1 says this, Now it came about when the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Jordan before the sons of Israel until they had crossed, their hearts melted. And there was no spirit in them any longer. The kings were terrified because Israel was about to dispossess them so that they could live comfortably in the land of their inheritance. I say, I've talked about this a lot, you know, when I got married to Eddie, I didn't know anything about dispossession. I didn't know anything about handling your business before you, you know, move into a new season. No one ever told me that. No one ever told me you need to heal from some of these past hurts before you get married again. You need to heal from this, you know, abusive marriage before you get married again. No one ever said that to me. I didn't know this concept of dispossession. Here I'm so excited about this new season with my brand new fiance who's so wonderful and we've been married 19 years, but no one ever said, maybe you need to go to counseling. Maybe you need to heal internally before you go into that new marriage. I was so excited about the new that I thought my love for Eddie and my excitement for the new would somehow drowned out the old. No one ever said, you you should probably do some work on yourself. But the opportunity was there. So I thought, let's go, let's go in there. I wish someone somewhere would have had this conversation with me about facing your Jerichos before you set up camp. One of the things that I love about the Bible is how absolutely practical it is. Um, the Bible says right here in Numbers 33, this is the law for possessing Canaan. This is what it says. And this is, I think, such, that's why the Bible is, I'm obsessed with it, because you can find literally anything in here if you look for it. The Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan. This is before Joshua had Israel cross over the Jordan, saying, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you and destroy, destroy 
all their figured stones, destroy all their molten images, demolish all of their high places. You shall destroy their figured stones, their molten images, and all their high places. When you cross over, God is saying, you got some work to do. You need to handle what's there before you ever set up camp. What was there? Figured stones, molten images, high places, gods, places of where you worship other gods. You got to get rid of it all. You have got to completely destroy everything. That's why the kings were scared. Because they had seen what God could do. And they knew God had set his sight on them. Have you ever allowed the Lord to look through your past and say, there's a Jericho we need to destroy? There's an idol that we're worshiping a little too much and we need to handle it. I mean, that idol could be anything. It could be, you know, I don't know, your clothes. That idol could be anything, not just like an idol. It could be money. It could be perfectionism. It could be you. Before you assume this brand new, never been this way before season and you go after it, have you ever taken a minute to say, God, where are the figured stones, molten images, and high places in my life that I need to destroy? Because God is very clear here. You shall drive out all the inhabitants and destroy, destroy, destroy. Drive them out. No mercy. Handle it. I mean, that's from God himself. But this is what we do because I think we think we're more gracious than God. Sometimes I think we think, God, that is just so harsh. Well, you know what? There's a reason why God said this. Let me read on. And you shall take possession of the land, verse 53. This is Numbers 33, 50. I started in 50 and I'm on 53. You shall take possession of the land and live in it. For I have given the land to you to possess. You shall inherit it by lot according to your families, which he, he divvied all of that up. To the larger, you shall give more inheritance. To the smaller, you shall give less. Wherever the lot falls to anyone, that shall be his. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. Verse 55. But if you don't, if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, you've got a great opportunity. I'm opening up the land. March on over there and get it. But there's a couple of things that you got to do before you set up camp. Destroy and drive out. If you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall come about that those who you let remain of them will become as pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. Those who you let remain. Now, 
God understands us. And I think sometimes God thinks, I know that God knows that sometimes we think he's too mean. Like, let's drive everything out, deal with everything, everything, everything. God, that is just so harsh. But he told him why. If you don't, they're going to become as pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides. And they're going to trouble you in Canaan. They're going to be a problem. Have you ever let God really look at things that trigger you, at things that you avoid and you know you avoid them, at people you avoid and you know you avoid them, topics you avoid, things you don't want to discuss, memories that you have where you were hurt as a kid? And have you ever said, God, I know you're calling me to something new, but I want to heal and destroy this wound that I have so I can move forward. Have you ever dealt with some of these things that you know you need to deal with, but they're hard? This year has been all about healing and it's been all about you know, for me personally, I felt, I felt just a call to have everyone kind of begin healing things that you don't even want to talk about. You just want to skirt over and go past. You just want to ignore. You don't want to cause attention to it. You want to bury it rather than facing it. As you go into this new season, whatever it is, the odds are some of this needs to be done. A couple of years ago, Eddie and I had a situation come up and it rocked me to my core. It just rocked me. You know, as like a strong woman who is strong, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think now coming out of it, I think looking back, you know, I was actually talking, Eddie and I were on a date on Sunday night and I was like, was I depressed? Do you think that was like a kind of a, was I depressed? Was that what I was going through? And he was like, I think you were, you know, we're not doctors over here, but you know, you think of that word and you think I'm not, at least I do. I think I'm not like, you look at all the stuff, but look at all the stuff that I have going on and look at what God's doing and all this kind of stuff. Like, but we were talking last week and I think I said, I think I was depressed. Like literally, like I couldn't function well because of something that had happened. It rocked everything. Eddie and I were reeling. It rocked him too. And we're just thinking, where do we even go from here? How are we going to get over this? How are we going to get past it? God, what are you going to do? And as we moved in that season of our life, God started bubbling things up in me. I started paying attention because he had my full attention. But I started paying attention to things that really bothered me, but I didn't never knew why. I started paying attention to when people's names would be brought up and it just bothered me, but I didn't know why. And I, and in the past, I kind of like just disregarded it conversations that were had 
even things that other people did or I did that just bothered me. And I just didn't know why I started paying attention to what was going on, not on the outside of me, not the opportunity. I started paying attention to what was going on on the inside of me. And the Lord during that season, it was, it was very, very difficult, but I feel like God brought me to that place to say, it's time to face some of these inhabitants in your life and in your mind and destroy them so that where I'm calling you next, you can fully enjoy your inheritance. So I did. I went to work, you guys, on the inside of me and started unraveling and thinking, oh, that's why. And I started to allow the spirit of God enter places in my mind and in my heart that I didn't even know were closed off to him, but they were. I started to invite the Lord in to these Jerichos and, and little cities and that I had created in my head that I had just ignored for years. And I started saying, I want them healed, gone. I want the wounds gone. I want scars. I want them to heal, Lord. And he took me through about a year and a half process where that's exactly what I did. Every It seemed like everything, everything that bothered me, I'd say, God, what is that? Every little thing in my spirit that was like a twinge of whatever, I said, Lord, where did that come from? Who do I need to forgive? What Jericho do I need to process through? It was the hardest but most freeing year and a half of my life because I led the Lord in to destroy things that were taking up residence in my mind that would battle with my new season. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, it shall come about that those whom you let remain. Like I said earlier, sometimes we're, we think we're more gracious than God because we're like, that's really not that bad. I'm just going to let that little thought stay there. I'm going to let that little memory stay there because, yeah, it was hurtful. But, I mean, those that you let remain, you let them remain. It's in your control whether you let them remain or not. And I had let all this stuff stay in my mind for years without healing from it. And I was my own problem because I let them remain and I didn't dispossess these Jerichos in my head and in my heart that needed healing. Those that you let remain will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they're going to trouble you and the land in which you live. What do you need to work through? I love the new, but walking into a new season is so much better when you can walk in 
and be free on the inside from all these cities and inhabitants that you've faced and dealt with. It's awesome. Consequently, all those things that the Israelites let remain um, did war with them because they didn't get rid of all of them. Now, they did get rid of Jericho and Ai. But remember a couple months ago, whenever I talked about Deborah, the very reason that the judges, it's Joshua and the Bible, Joshua judges Ruth. And so the next book is Judges. And the reason there were judges and Deborah's story even existed is because Israel was warring with the people in Canaan that they let remain and they didn't get rid of. Isn't that interesting? Don't be like them. Yes, they took care of Jericho, but they let a lot of people remain. And God said, if you let them stay, they're going to cause you problems. And they did for years. I say this in the book, Israel and Jericho were never meant to be neighbors. I think I said they weren't meant to have the same mailman, but now it would be like the Amazon Prime guy. They weren't meant to coexist. God is the great healer. He wants to heal us so that we can fully enjoy new things that he's bringing us into. And that's my challenge to you today. Have you faced those Jerichos? Have you done the work of dispossession? It's hard. It takes work. I get it. Victory is hard. Freedom takes work. But it's worth it. As you're walking in, take some time, a week, a day, an hour, five minutes, do something. Spirit of the living God. I just pray for those that are going into a new season and I pray this over them. That they would take some time to ask you what needs healing Where are the Jerichos in me? Where are the cities, the inhabitants in my mind, heart, and soul that I need to remove, destroy, handle, face, deal with? So that, as Numbers 33 says, they won't trouble me in this new season. Spirit of the living God, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them so that they can be free. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this revelation from your word, God, that even after I wrote this book, I still had to do myself. I thank you, Lord, for the work that you want to do in us now and that you continue to do in us. Lord, I pray that you would free and bring revelation to those who desperately need it today. Where are their Jerichos? Give them the strength and the courage to find them, fight them, destroy them, so that they aren't troubled by them anymore. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the power of your spirit to bring victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 
I hope that helped you guys today. Go get the book. I am Rahab. Talks all about it. I love this little book. I love this. I'm thumbing through it right now in my studio. Comfort, the enemy of risk. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Go get it. You can get it anywhere books are sold. I love you guys. Come back right after the break and we'll finish this thing out. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X-Y-Z-A. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Autumn and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X-Y-Z-A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. I hope you like that. I really felt that. I've never shared it like that before. So I hope that that was for those of you that have heard a couple of those points. I hope it was fresh for you today. I'm going to do something a little bit crazy. I felt like when we went to break, the Lord was working on me. I have been given a lot of opportunity in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I just want to say, you know, what we do and all these, all, you know, putting on the show and everything, I don't ever ask for money ever. I just, I never have ever. Never. And God has always been faithful. But in order to kind of move where I would like to see our ministry grow, it takes money. It just does. If what we've done has impacted you in any way, there is a give button on our website. And I felt like the Lord told me this past weekend, why don't you ever ask people to to give to the ministry? And I'm like, I don't know. So this is a step of faith for me. If this is something that has moved you, our ministry has moved you. I'm not asking you to take your money and not give it to the church. We're huge on tithing over here. 
But in order to do what we want to do, we're going to have to have God come through in, in miraculous ways. And there's a couple of projects that just need provision at, right now. And I'm just, just, just being super transparent with you. So this is a step of faith for me because God told me to do it. Go to our website. You can, there's a give button on the website. And, you know, if you feel led, and that's really if you feel led, we would love to donate. I just want to kind of see what God will do here because he's, he, before we, I went to the break, he was like, remember what I told you to do? So I am being obedient right here. I hear you, Lord. I hear you. Okay. Okay. Here is a testimony and I love this testimony so much. It says this, I was at so much peace. Listen to this. Once I forgave my abuser, my abuser, you can forgive your abuser. I forgave mine and they forgave theirs. People don't understand she, uh, she or he, I don't know who it is, how I can do that. But one day it happened. I prayed about forgiving him and growing into a stronger woman. And that's exactly what God did for me. I forgave mine. She forgave hers. It is possible. What a beautiful testimony. I'm so glad Amanda pulled this. I just love this. So there is our testimony for today. Here's the question. If a person has hurt you and you have forgiven them in your heart and moved on, does it still count if you didn't tell them? <laughs> what a great question. Does it still count if you don't tell the person you forgave that you forgave them? Of course it does. Of course it does. What an absolutely beautiful question. Um, you don't have to call them up and say, I forgave you. You might not even never be able to get a hold of them. I've forgiven tons of people that will never know, uh, but I have. So it is a heart thing. It is, like I said, go back to that message on forgiveness. Forgiveness is for really for you to not hold that thing against them anymore. And yes, it absolutely still counts. It's a heart posture. It's a step of faith, like we talked about. So absolutely, absolutely. I want to do this question too, because I think this is really important. I feel like I've forgiven, but cannot forget. Now what? Well, your memory is really, unfortunately, one of the things that you, you know, your mind remembers. It's a beautiful thing, but when it comes to hurt and pain and stuff like that, it's a hard thing. It's not forgive and forget because I know people say forgive and forget. Okay. Well, that's not actually realistic. You can't just forgive and then for, and then immediately forget. Like that's, some, that's not going to happen immediately. But you can forgive and lay down that memory and surrender that memory over to the Lord and say, Lord, come in and heal me. Give me a new perspective about this memory I have about this pain. Exactly what Joseph did when he looked at his brothers and said, what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Your perspective about that memory can change. It's really naive to say forgive and forget because how are you going to do that? But you can ask the Lord to come in and give you a fresh perspective 
on that memory where it's not so, so terrible. And, you know, some abuse, abuse victims, they don't remember. It is like a survival technique that our mind does where we just kind of shut off memory to things. And some of you can't, can't literally cannot remember because it's your, your brain went into survival mode, but most of us can, most people can ask the Lord to heal that memory and to give you his perspective on that. And so you can return that like Joseph, listen, was Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. God sent me. You didn't sell me into slavery. That's why Joel's brothers. God sent me here to save lives is what he said. So great questions. I love all the ones on forgiveness. It was so good. Someone said, I saw another one come through on my comments one day. It said, because I forgave, does that mean that I have to reconcile? No, it does not. Doesn't mean that you have to be buddy, buddy with them. As a matter of fact, I would seek wisdom before you reconcile with someone that's hurt you horribly. It doesn't mean that forgiveness stands alone. What comes after forgiveness you need to seek the Lord on, whether it's reconciliation, whether you just move on with their life, whether you you separate yourself from them. Those next steps, that's up to the Lord and you. You just need to forgive. Okay. Great, great questions. Great testimony all about forgiveness. I can definitely tell that that message struck a bell with everybody. Next week, you're going to want to come back for Job. It's going to be super good. You're going to enjoy it. Love y'all. I will see you next week on the Autumn Miles Show. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show.